Oh 
praise the Lord this morning, and y'all can have a seat. Well, good morning and welcome this morning to Central Baptist Church here in Livingston. I am so excited to have each and every one of y'all joining us in worship. Uh, if you're a guest with us, I want to extend a special welcome and say thank you for choosing to worship here in this new year uh, with us. I forgot, this is the first Sunday we've seen each other. We saw each other on New Year's Eve, but today I get to say Happy New Year! I believe that God has incredible things in store in the life of our church here in the year 2024. And so as we worship and pray towards those things this morning, I want to say that if you came uh, prepared to give your tithes and offerings, uh, we have envelopes in the seat backs in front of you. You can use those or you can give online at the church website. Um, you can deposit those envelopes on your way out uh, the door this morning. You can also fill out a connection card if you're a guest with us. Uh, we'd love to connect with you a little bit further. Um, if you have prayer requests, both guests and members can fill those out on the same card. Leave them as you uh, leave this place this morning. We can follow up with you uh, with both prayer and uh, just being able to connect a little further. Uh, at the end of Pastor Sonny's message this morning, uh, there will be a time of response. And during that time, if you feel God is calling you uh, to respond to his movement in your life, be that to uh, accept him in salvation, uh, be that to uh, follow him in obedience through baptism, uh, or anything else that you feel God stirring in your life, uh, that time is for you to come up and uh, you can pray with Pastor Sonny, uh, meet with uh, any of our deacons who will come and, and pray with you uh, so that we can help you on that spiritual journey here in this new year. Uh, with that said, let's pray as we continue in worship together. Father God, we praise you that the battle is yours. Lord, uh, we thank you for that truth that we don't have to bear that weight on our own. Uh, Lord, truly we can surrender our, our uh, weight that we bear to you. We can surrender the, the attacks of the enemy, God, because truly you have already gone before us into um, the future that we cannot see. God, and you have a good plan for your people. You promise us as much. Lord, as we declare uh, our belief and our faith and trust in you, God, I pray that you would be blessed by the songs, uh, the, sound, the singing of your people. Uh, Lord, because it's for you. We're not just singing about you, but God, these, these songs are for you. Lord, in this whole entire worship service, the reason we are here is for you and nothing else. Uh, Lord, be glorified as we continue to sing. Let's stand together in, in church this morning. Um, I'm going to, uh, we're going to sing a new song together. Uh, and this song is uh, declaring our belief in you. Uh, it's our belief in Jesus. Uh, this song is really highlighted in, in two verses that I wanted to share. First is Acts 4.12. says, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And then we see in Romans 10, 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Our faith, our hope, our trust is in the name of Jesus. Let's declare that together this morning. Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. See, I believe. 
Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one, I believe in the resurrection. Come. 
Well, church, we have reason to celebrate this morning. We have faith in a God who moves mountains. And no matter what the enemy throws at you or has already thrown at you this year, we have confidence in him. Let's sing. Why would a word giants come calling my name? My God is so much bigger than troubles I face. Why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? My God is so much better than all of these things. So I won't be shaken, I won't be moved, my God is faithful, His promise is true. Y'all believe that this morning? So I speak to the mountains, oh it's time.
Living Church. Amen, Lord. You are bigger, better, stronger, greater. We praise you, God. Every note, every song was for you, Lord. Be glorified by your people this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's good. Or if you want to come with with your Bible, I want you to open your Bible and open it to Psalm 67 this morning. Psalm 67. We're going to pray Psalm 67 into the life of our church. One of the things that we're going to focus on in this coming year in 2024 is we're going to be a people of God's word and we're going to be a people of prayer at our church. And so in our services and special times throughout the year, we're going to make God's word and we're going to make prayer central to what we do in the life of our church. And so this morning at Psalm 67, we want to pray this psalm into our uh, into our church. I'm going to read it for us very quickly. It's seven verses, very quick verses this morning. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy for your judge. You judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the earth our ends of the earth fear him. We want to pray for that on behalf of our congregation and on behalf of the nations as we think about our church being a light in this community and being a light to the nations, that God would bless us, that God would cause his face to shine upon us. I want you to pray with me this morning as we start the new year together. Fathers, we come to you, we thank you for the gift of music, spiritual psalms, songs, hymns, things that, Lord, we can bring to you in in very creative and special ways. But, Lord, as we sing to you the words of your word, the truth of your word, God, thank you this morning that you have been singing into our hearts and into our lives. God, as we enter this this, this year in this world, We thank you this morning that you have not changed from last year to this year. You were the same yesterday, today, and forever. 365 days ago, Lord, we stood in this room, many of us, we sat in this room, and you were the same God. We have the same word of God. We have the same music to sing to you, the same truth to sing to you, because you are a God who has not left us. You you are a God that has not abandoned us. But Lord, you have been real in our lives this past year. Lord, no matter what we've experienced, no matter what we've gone through, we praise you this morning. We worship you today. No matter the news that we have received over the last 12 months that has not been what we have wanted to hear, no matter the victories that we have experienced over the last 12 months, you are the same God, and we come to you in the same way. We worship you. Lord, as we think about your word, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you for the gift of our salvation. We thank you for the gift of this intimate relationship we can have with you. For Lord, we do not go through a man. We do not go through a priest here on earth, but we go through the high priest, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord this morning. Jesus, you are our mediator. You came to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. You died on the cross you suffered, you suffered the, the penalty of sin on our behalf and you went to the cross and you died for us. You suffered for us. 
You were buried, but you rose from the dead. And we give you praise and we give you glory this morning because you are so good. Because God, you have, you have poured into our life this grace and this mercy and we rest in that grace and mercy this morning. We rejoice in that today, Lord, because we step into a new year knowing that, Lord, you have saved us. You have redeemed us. You offer this gift to those of us who haven't given our lives to you yet. Freely, with grace and with mercy. And we're grateful this morning for it. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray your word into our lives this morning. We confess to you our sins right now. We repent of our sins right here, right now, Lord, before you as we start a new year together. But we pray your word into our life. That God, would, your, would you be gracious to us? Would you be a God who blesses us. Would you make your face shine upon us? Would you bless us? Would you honor us? Lord, we're striving to, Lord, live the life you've called us to live. We're striving to be the church you've called us to be. You see into our hearts, you know us, Lord, as a, as a people, as, an indiv- as individuals, but also, Lord, as a people. We strive to, Lord, honor you and strive to worship you. Would you shine your face upon us this morning that your way may be known here in Livingston, in Polk County, in Texas, and in our nation and around the world? Would your way be made known through us as individuals as we interact with, with our classmates at school, with our coworkers at work, with the friends and family members that we have? with those that live on our street and across the street from us? Would you make your way known to them through us, through your grace and through your face that is shining upon us? Would you make your way known, your saving power among the nations of the world, the people groups of the world, the thousands upon thousands of people that, Lord, speak different languages and have different cultures around the world. Lord, all that you have made in your creative hand, God, would you do this work through us and into the nations of the world, your saving power, would you make it known? For, Lord, the vast majority of the world today lives in darkness. The vast majority, even in our own community, lives in darkness for they're surrounded by the name Jesus, they're surrounded by the Bible, they're surrounded by, Lord, the gospel, and yet they are living in darkness today, trying to strive to live their own life. Go to school and try to make sense of the brokenness of their home when they go home to that broken home, that broken family. They're trying to make sense as best they can, and yet they live in darkness. We're striving, Lord, as a community and striving as a state, striving as a nation, striving as nations of the world to try to figure out life and we don't understand it. Would you make known your saving power among the nations? Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you, Lord, that they would not praise themselves, that they would not point to their own self. But to you, for Lord, we, Lord, bring glory to your name, all of creation. We were made to worship you. We were made to praise you. We were made to make known your name, Jesus. Let the nations be glad. Sing for joy. Even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of brokenness, sing for joy and be glad. 
For you judge the peoples with equity, Lord. You look upon us, Lord, not by the measuring stick in which we measure ourselves, but you measure us by way of the perfection of Jesus Christ. You judge us with equity. Guide the nations upon the earth, Lord. Lead them to you. We are a thousands upon thousands of people groups across this globe trying our best to live life. But collectively, Lord, we're not living for you. And so guide the nations upon the earth towards you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. This is what you desire, Lord, in this psalm. The earth has yielded its increase, God. God, you shall bless us. We affirm that this morning. And we, Lord, affirm the fact that, Lord, when we come to you with a sincere heart, with a heart, Lord, that is broken, a heart that is yielded, a heart that is open, oh God, you bless us. Let all the earth fear you. For we are very good at fearing man. We think about what others think of us. We make decisions in our thoughts, race to what we want in light of what other people want in our lives. But God, would we fear you? Would we revere you? Would we respect you? Would we follow you? And so get our eyes off of us and put our eyes upon you this year. Lord, you're a God who is worthy. A God who, Lord, deserves our worship. And we give it to you this morning. Thank you for the time that we've had to worship you through song. Thank you for the time that we've had to worship you through praying and the opportunity that we've had to interact with you and talk to you and listen to you. And what we pray now is that God, you would speak into our hearts and all of our hearts and open our hearts to the truth that you want us to see as we start a new year together. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, as we start a new year together as a church, I really want us to focus on being a people of God's word and a people of prayer. And so we're going to be talking about that on Sunday mornings. <clears throat> we're going to be making more of an intentional effort to uh, be focused on God's word and focused on prayer this coming year. Hey, I want to brag on you for just a moment. I want to brag on you later in the service, but I want to brag on you again this morning here at the beginning of this message. Um, several of you in the last few weeks have been giving so that we can um, replace the Bibles that are in the seat backs in front of you. You know, I, I preach from the English Standard Version. Oftentimes, if you see me up here with a Bible, it may look a little different. I got two or three that I use, but it's always the same version of the Bible. It's the English Standard Version. There's lots of good versions of the Bible, and I don't have time to get into talking about the differences of those, um, but I, I prefer, I've kind of landed on, landed on that a few years ago, and I love the English Standard Version, and it's, uh, it's closeness to the text, and uh, uh, and its readability um, for, uh, for us. And so we're gonna be replacing the Bibles in the seat backs in front of you with these right here, okay? This is a, uh, a new pew Bible, and praise God, we had all of the funds come in in the last couple of weeks, and so we have them in hand. They're over in our offices, and we're gonna be replacing them, hopefully, Lord willing, over the course of the next week, um, but they are all large print. And so you'll be able to follow along if you don't have a Bible or you forget your Bible on a Sunday morning, um, and they are gonna be... Um, 
uh, put in the pews there in the seat backs in front of you. So thank you so much for those of you who contributed to that. Um, God provided and uh, he provided through you. And so um, I'm excited about that. And we're gonna be using those Bibles that are in front of you doing outreach in our community. So they're not going to waste. They're not being thrown away in the least bit, but we're gonna be using those in, uh, in reaching people in our community, getting these Bibles out into our community so we can interact with the people of Livingston and Polk County, okay? So we're gonna be doing that over the next week to two weeks, so be, be looking for that. Open your Bibles this morning as we start a new year together to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four. We're gonna look this morning as we start the first Sunday of this year at a very important passage of scripture. I missed you last weekend. I was at my parents' church. We were at my parents' church in Virginia. We celebrated with them a little bit at the end of the service. They had no idea. We surprised them at the end of the service with a little celebration because December the 1st was their 50th wedding anniversary. So we did our homework. We did a little sneaky uh, uh, kind of work and we called a bunch of people in their congregation and they, they, they had no idea that, uh, that dad was standing up on stage. He had no idea that his congregation was about to celebrate their anniversary at the end of the service. So we pulled that off without them knowing, praise God for that. And at the end of the service, uh, down the hallway, we had a room set up and we had a, a special time and a fun time for them um, as they celebrated, had celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. They've been at that church a long time, many, many, many years. And so there are some people in that church that they dearly love, people that have been in their ministry for decades. And um, so it was really special to be with them, but I miss you. And I hope that, uh, that if you were here last Sunday, you were blessed by the service as you closed out um, uh, the year. As we start a new year, one of the things that happens every single year, in fact, when you go home today and you turn your television, if you turn your television on this afternoon, what you're going to see is about every other commercial is going to be about what? Health and fitness. It's all about the new year. You gotta get healthy. You're coming out of all these weeks of eating all of these crazy exotic foods in the holidays, Christmas cookies, fudge. We don't eat fudge throughout the rest of the year, do we? But we eat it at Christmas time. We eat all this rich food and cheeses and meats and all of these kinds of things. S'mores, of course, we do that throughout the year as well if you're at my house. But we eat all of these things. And what you see on TV is this whole focus on physical health. It's not a bad thing. In fact, we should be focused on our physical health. The Bible says that our bodies are a temple. We should be focused on being good stewards of our health. But there's two realities about the human body. Two realities that I oftentimes am reminded of. One, it's always breaking down. It's always breaking down. <laughs> That's the good news for us, right? It's not really good news. Here's the other piece that is true about our bodies. Now, the reality is this, that the status of our health oftentimes is outside of our control. At the end of the day, our health is outside of our control. I remember several years ago, being at a church we served at, this young man, it was a young dad in our church, had multiple kids and uh, had been in the military, had served in the Marine Corps, he ran every day. He was a physical fitness, he was uh, a physical f uh, fitness specimen, if you will, you want to call it that. He was out jogging one day, and as he was jogging on his way home, had a massive stroke, collapsed. He's still alive to this day, many, many years later but was forever impacted by that stroke. His life changed just like that. As much as we focus on our physical health, 
At the end of the day, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's outside of our control. Here's the thing I want to remind us of this morning. Our body may break down, but our spiritual life can continue to thrive and grow and increase. That's one of the paradoxes of the Christian life. Even though our bodies break down, our physical bodies break down, our spiritual bodies can experience vitality, it can experience growth, it can experience life, if you will. But here's the key to it. The key is intentionality. As we start a new year together, as we start talking and looking out into a new year, a lot of changes that are going to take place in our lives, and both personally and in, within our congregation, within our church, it just always happens that way. God is in the business of changing us. I don't want to be the same person a year from now that I am today. I hope you don't. I don't want to be the same church that we are today, uh, a year from now as we are today. I hope you don't. God is in the business of transformation. He's in the business of changing. He's in the business of shaping us to be who he calls us and wants us to be, conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ. But it takes, on our part, intentionality. And so intentionality is the key to spiritual growth. The Bible makes this this whole idea, this process, if you will, and boils it down to one big key word. Here it is, sanctification. We're to be sanctified. We're to be growing to become more like Jesus Christ. We're to be coming or, or changing and being shaped more like what God wants us to become. And so here in the Bible, what we have is God's plan for achieving spiritual health. And it's right here in front of us. He wants you to guard your heart. To summarize what we're going to look at, it's guarding your heart. You say, well, how do I guard my heart? Well, that's what Proverbs 4 really is all about. This is all a, these first few chapters of Proverbs, all a father writing to his son. So sons, kids, pay attention, sit up in your seats. All of us, sit up in our seats this is a father writing to his son, and he's on the front end of his life, this young man is. And his father is writing to his son, and he's saying, listen, if you want success, if you want health, if you want vitality in your life, do these things. And not only do these things, but don't do these things. He's going to say these things to his son. And intentionality really is all, is the key to this son's success in his spiritual life. Solomon is going to say to his son that there are two ways to live. There is the way and the pathway of the wicked, and then there is also the pathway of the righteous. And if you follow the pathway of the wicked, what tends to happen is that the longer you walk down the pathway of wickedness, the, the longer you walk down the pathway of this brokenness and continuing to walk through this dark world, it gets darker and darker and darker. And what it does is it metastasizes into all kinds of baggage in your life. I don't know about you, but if I'm young and I haven't experienced all these bad things in my life, I want to know what are the key ingredients that if I am to make it through this life after not making this mistake and this mistake and this mistake and this mistake, what leads me out of that? There's the pathway of darkness or wickedness that gets darker and darker and darker. Then there's the pathway of the righteous. The pathway of the righteous is the pathway that follows our Lord Jesus Christ. The pathway that follows what the Bible says and what tends to happen is it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. My life begins to open up. I begin to see things. My discernment levels continue to go up. My wisdom levels continue to go up. My, uh, my understanding levels continue to go up about life, 
Life isn't perfect. It's not made of perfection and a perfect path. There are mistakes along the way, and I fail along the way, but what God does is if I'm on the pathway of the righteous, he picks me up and he keeps me moving forward. And what Solomon is gonna say to his son is, is listen, live on the pathway to righteousness, son. That's the pathway of health and vitality. It's the pathway that ultimately leads, of course, by way of Jesus Christ to not only an abundant life, what Jesus is saying in John chapter 10, but he's saying also that it leads to an eternal life in John chapter 10, way over in the New Testament. Health, vitality, life, all of that is the pathway of the righteous. And that's what Solomon is going to say to his son. I wanna say this to you this morning as a church, but also as an individual. God wants to construct your life. Your life wasn't made, and it is not here by, by, by chance or by, by, by way of, of luck. There is no such thing. God created you. He brought you into the world. He wants to construct your life. But like any yard or like any field that some of you own, sometimes you have to take things out of that field or out of that yard to make it look more rich and vital and fruitful. You also have to put things into that field, also have to put things into that yard in order for it to grow and to be healthy and to produce things. Any farmer can tell you that. Any rancher can tell you that. Any gardener can tell you that. You gotta take stuff out, you gotta put stuff in. You gotta take the good or put the bad, take the bad out, you gotta put the good in. And what Proverbs 4 is going to show us is that God gives us several instructions of how to put the good stuff into our lives in order for us to be a spiritually growing people, for you to be a a spiritually growing person. You know, as we walk through these few verses together this morning, I want you to think in terms of taking a spiritual inventory of your life. On the front end of this year, take a spiritual inventory of your life. Think about the things that are helping you and allowing you to grow, adding the things to your life that that God wants you to add in order for you to grow. Take things out of your life, cut things out, create these boundaries in your life in order for you to grow and that aren't going to stunt your growth. I want you to look with me at Proverbs chapter four. First few verses of Proverbs chapter four, he's going to lay out what it means to have wisdom. In fact, there's this command to go get wisdom. Look at verse one of chapter four. It's gonna lead us down to verse 20 in a minute. But he he says, hear, O sons, a father's instruction and be attentive that you may gain insight. In other words, listen, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was was a son with my father, tender, the one who is... In the sight of my mother, he taught me and he said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. That's what his dad said to him. Keep my commandments and live. Go get wisdom, get it. Get insight, verse five. Do not forget it and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Verse six, do not forsake her. She will keep you, love love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. In other words, have the initiative to go get it. Have the incentive to go get it. Have the desire to go get it. Don't just float through life. He says in verse seven, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly. There's lots of things you can achieve and lots of things you can get in this world, but get insight, get wisdom, get these things as it will go well for you. 
and she will exalt you. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. Verse eight, she will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. He says, listen, back in verse one. Verse five says, get wisdom. He goes down, he says, get insight. Verse seven, again, he's gonna come back to it and says, get wisdom. In other words, go after it. It should be the purpose of our life to want to pursue God in this way, to pursue the things of God in our life. He's gonna go then down to verse 14. You look in your Bibles there in Proverbs chapter four, he's gonna say, go get those things in verses one through nine. In verse 14, he's gonna say this, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. So there is get these things, pursue these things, and in verse 14, avoid these things. And if you'll do these things, then it will go well for you. Which all leads down to verse 20. I want you to look in your Bibles with me. We're gonna read this text and I'm gonna show you what God shows us about some of the keys of a healthy life as we enter this new year together. He says this, my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the issues or the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder or think it out, the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Some of the keys of the spiritual life that lead us to have us growing and vibrant and spiritual life in 2024. This is what Paul, this is not Paul, this is what Solomon says first to his son. When he thinks about in verse 20, this is what he says, pay attention to the word of God. Pay attention to the Bible. Pay attention to what God says. If you look at verse 20 again, that's what he says. My son, be attentive to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. This is not the first time Solomon has said this to his son. This is not the first time we've seen this in Proverbs. Multiple times, this has been cons- Solomon has been consistently pointing his son to his words. He says, listen, pay attention to wisdom. Solomon's words are coming and flowing directly from God himself. And he says and understands that it will go well for you, son, if you will listen to me, because what I have done and what I'm saying to you is flowing directly from God How do we do this? Two ways. Look at verse 20 again. My son, be attentive to my words. That idea of being attentive is to listen with the intent to obey. There's a difference, right? To hear something and listen to something. We hear a lot of things, don't we? Wives, you, your husbands, you hear your wife say a lot of things, don't you? Am I I the only one that hears a lot of things, but I don't always listen to my wife? Wives are saying amen and they're punching their husbands right next to it. Teachers, those of you who have teachers and you're standing here, you've, you've got your lesson plan done and you've worked on your lesson plan all until midnight, one o'clock in the morning, you roll into your class and you're up there teaching and you're up there on the whiteboard and you're doing all of these things and you turn around and what are the, what are, what are the kids doing? 
looking at their phone underneath the desk. You see what they're doing? They're, they're hearing you, but they're not listening to you, right? There's a difference in listening and there is a difference in hearing something. What does Solomon say? My son, be attentive to my words. It means to listen with the intent to obey. Listen to my words in order that you would take those words and put them into action. And so he says, be attentive to wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding. In other words, bend your, your, your ear, yield your ear to what I'm saying. You get it? This is what Solomon is saying to his son. This is how you pay attention to the word of God. This is how the son was to pay attention to his father. There's all these voices in our life, am I right? We've mentioned a few of them this morning already, the voices of health and vitality, of physical health, and, and, and all of the companies, and all of the, elect, the, the equipment, and all of the pills, and all of the, 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 the gym memberships, and all of those kinds of things are all in front of us right now. I, I remember going to literally the day after Christmas, we were out in Virginia for just a few days, the day after Christmas, I walk into a Walmart in Virginia, it's a few hours after Christmas. I walk in there, all the shelves are shoved together. The Christmas stuff's in a corner. It's already 50% off. The ladies who were there working at Walmart are putting up the Valentine's Day stuff. We're days or hours after the Christmas holiday. Presents are being opened. The Christmas, everything's going on and we're now celebrating Valentine's Day. The voices in your, in your eyes and your, your ears, the voices in my life are, are immense. There is all this information through television, through social media, through Facebook, through friends, through politicians. By the way, we're entering into a political season. You're inundated with political ads and with all of the things and the stuff we see from the news and the media. The medical experts speak into our life, the news articles, all of these things. There's lots of information going into your life and into my life. What God says is what's most important in our lives. What God says is cut out the noise. That's what he says. He says, cut it out. In verse 20, he says, my son, be attentive to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Why? Because he knows his son is just like us. We have all of these voices. We have our inner voice. We have our voice telling us to do our own thing, our selfish minds and our selfish hearts. And then everybody is, is propping that voice up. Well, I want to do something. And everybody's saying, you should. You should have the right to do it. You should have the right to feel this way. You should have the right to do this. How dare they? All of these kinds of voices are coming into our life, including ourselves. And what Solomon says, he knows this about his son. God knows this about us. He says, listen, pay attention to my words cut out the noise. As you think about this from the front end of this year, have this spiritual inventory, what is coming into your ears? Ask that question. Write it down. Ask it later. Ask it every morning. You get alone with God. Say, God, I'm going to hear a lot of things today. Maybe I've already heard a lot of things this morning. I've listened to my own voice talk into my life a lot. Lord, what is coming into my ears? Because listen to me and hear me say this. Wake up in the back. Wake up wherever you are. And let me hear, and hear this. What is going to come into your ears will shape the affections of your heart. What's gonna come into your life is gonna get you riled up. It's gonna get you discouraged. It's gonna get you depressed. It's gonna get you focused on Jesus. One of these things is gonna happen. These things are gonna happen. What's coming into your life through your ears, what influences are coming into your life 
are going to shape and are shaping, already have shaped the affection of your heart. Whether it's the person right here, or whether it's this, or whether it's this, or whether it's this, it's affecting your heart. It's shaping your heart. What God says is pay attention to the word of God. Make his word the most important thing you digest. Not only does, Paul, does Solomon say this to his son, to pay attention to the word of God, but then keep it in front of you consistently, consume it. Look at verse 21. Keep his word constantly in view. Verse 21 says this, let, not it, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. I love this continuation of what Solomon is saying to his son. This isn't the first time he says this in verse 21. Way back in chapter uh, two, verse one, this is what he's gonna say. I think we have it on the screen. He says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, he's then going to say, um, uh, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. He says this expectation in verse one there. He's then gonna come back to this idea of listening in verse three, or chapter three, verse 21, when he says, my son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Solomon is saying this to his son consistently, 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 and then he gets to verse 21. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. God's word is, should be second nature to us. What he says and what his word says should be second nature to how I think and how I process all of this information coming into my life. As you grow, God is implanting his word into your life. He's implanting his words into your mind, into your heart, and it should become muscle memory in how you speak and how you think. His word should be shaping your words. His word should be shaping your actions. His word should be shaping your thoughts, the affections of your thoughts. Even when you don't speak, how you think about something, his word should be shaping that. There is this reward when you raise children and when you raise teenagers. This reward is that when you pour into their lives and when you have this opportunity to speak into their life and you bring them alongside you and you begin to speak into their life, what you're doing is you're shaping them in order that they would follow their heavenly father. That's the role of a father, by the way. That's why our heavenly father is called our heavenly father and why our earthly fathers are called earthly fathers is that we have the opportunity to shape our children and teach them how to walk in relation to their God because one day they're gonna be out of our homes, out of our households, and then they have the opportunity to relate and interact with their heavenly father. How they retreat you will impact their heavenly father and their relationship with their heavenly father. But along the way, even in the failure of our children, even in the failures of our teenagers, we remind them that they need the Holy Spirit. You have the opportunity as grandparents, if you're raising or you're influencing your grandchildren, or if you are fathers and you're influencing your sons or daughters or mothers and you're influencing your daughters and your sons, you have the Holy Spirit. You have a changed life. You have a willing heart. God has saved you. God has put his, his salvation into your heart. He's put his word into your heart. And when you keep your, his word in view, it is shaping the next generation. Deuteronomy 6 speaks of this. This is what God's will was for his people. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 6, and it says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. He's going to go on and say in verse 8 that 
You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. What is God doing there among his people? He wants his word to be on the forefront of their minds and on their hearts. There was a reason why God did this with his people in Israel. It's a reason why God does this in the New Testament church in our lives today. And as parents, as grandparents, in all aspects and generations, we have the opportunity to do this and to pour into the next generation. Why? Well, look at verse 22. He has two spiritual benefits of this. He says, for they are life to those who find them and they are healing to all their flesh. There's life and there's healing. If you want a vibrant, vital, life, life-giving life, then, 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 then you pour into the word of God. We are all inclined to sin. That is hardwired into our hearts. We're hardwired to do the wrong thing, to follow the wrong path, to say the wrong thing, to text the wrong thing, to post the wrong thing. We're hardwired for that because our feelings want to come out. God's word and his Holy Spirit, when I obey those things, when I pour into those things, that's what changes and recalibrates my life. It comes down to, do you want to please God or do we want to follow the pathway of sin? And in our life, there is this tension there is the struggle in our lives on a regular basis. But when you are weak, as we all are spiritually weak, and we all find times of temptation in our life, what God's word does is it restores you. It keeps you spiritually healthy because your life is infused with the word of God. You gain wisdom from his word and it keeps you focused. It keeps you pulling, it pulls you back to that pathway of righteousness to continue following the Lord. This is why Solomon says again in verse 22, for they are life and they are to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. And so we give attention. When, so, you know, we give attention to the word of God. Why should we give attention to that, his word? Because what you do with his word is going to impact your life. What you do with his word is going to impact your life in two ways. It's gonna impact your life inwardly. It's gonna impact your life outwardly. So Solomon says to his son in verse 23, look at it, keep your heart with all vigilance. You see it? For from it flow the issues of life. Do you see the intentionality here? This isn't something a pastor does in your life. This isn't something that a Bible study teacher does in your life. This isn't something your best friend does or your mom or your dad. You have to own it. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Solomon says to his son, go get wisdom as he knows he can't make his son follow God. No one can make you follow Jesus. No one can make you open his word. No one can make you obey his word. No one can make you honor him and worship him. You have to own it. What you do with the word of God is going to have an impact inwardly. He says keep, meaning control or keep. Never give, give it to anyone other than the Lord. Let me say this about our hearts. When our hearts grow lazy or we grow lazy towards God, it opens our hearts open to the things of the world to come in and shake them. When we grow lazy toward God, we grow lazy toward his word, I'm going to follow other things 100% of the time. I'm to keep my heart with all vigilance. In life, it's sometimes not so much the availability, but it is the preservation here. 
May I think about this, what, what, what Solomon is saying to his son in my own life and in your life? The concern here is that, that there is a protection of his word. There is a preserving of the word that's already been implanted in my life. It is preserved in my heart. Notice that he says there, again, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the, the things or the issues of life. Keep with vigilance. It's a place of custody. It's a place that is fortified. It never goes unguarded or unseen. Think about your own home. Think about where you live. Think about would you take and go to bed at night with your door wide open and your windows wide open where you live? Maybe some of you do. You live way out in the country somewhere. I wasn't raised that way. Would we just leave the doors of the church open, unlocked every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, what would happen? I can tell you what would happen. This building would look different. It just would. It would start to look different. You see, this is what happens. We don't do that in, with our facilities, with our structures. We protect the things that are important to us. The guns that you have in your home and in your household, you have a safe for you have gun locks on them. Why? Because you're protecting them. You're fortifying fighting them. You're, you're, you're protecting your family or others from them or from mistakes that may be made. There is an intentionality apart it, about it. And what Solomon says to, to his son, God says to us is, 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 keep your heart with all vigilance. It's more important in my life, right? It should never be a time that I'm not paying attention to what's coming into my heart, what my heart is thinking, what my heart is doing. That's a command, and, and there's a reason for that. Why? Because of the end, there's an inward, because what, what is inward in my life will, will eventually become outward. What's in my life, what's in my heart will eventually lead to the conduct of my life. It will lead to action. It will lead to my thoughts. It will lead to a word that is spoken. It will lead to a text message. It will lead to a group text. It will lead to a Facebook post. It'll lead to something. What's in my heart's gonna come out. It's not gonna rest in there forever. I've sat in marriage counseling sessions with couples that were married 40, 50 years. And in those marriages, as we sit down and talk about marriage, they should be telling me what to do. And I'm sitting here talking to them about marriage. And, and, and one of them speaks about something that happened 35, 40 years ago in their life that they've never, ever forgiven their spouse of. From the heart, blow the issues of life. It comes out. And we have to guard our heart with all vigilance because what is inward will eventually come outward if my heart is healthy then guess what i'm going to produce healthy things if my heart is not healthy it's not going to produce healthy things right why is it important to guard your heart not only in the immediate but also for the future listen adversity is going to come to you in 2024 it will come Adversity will come this year, will come next year, will come 20 years from now, five years from now, however long God gives you on this earth. Adversity will come and you need to prepare your hearts now. This is what I say to young people. Focus on your heart now as young people, teenagers, children, because one day something's going to happen in your life. Some adversity is going to take place in your life. Guard your heart now. Get into your heart the word of God now. Pour into your heart the things that are important now to prepare you for the adversity in the future. Oh, but not adversity victories. 
so that your victories don't get you too high to the point that you begin to point the finger at yourself and say, look what I did. No, it's look what God did in my life. Thank you, God, for the blessing. Thank you, God, for the ways in which you have laid out the path for me, the doors that you have opened. What you pour into your heart now prepares you for the adversity, it prepares you for the victories, it prepares you so that you don't get too far down and you don't get too far high. You keep your eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Pay attention inwardly. But there is an also an outward aspect to this as well. Look at verse 25. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. There is an impact that the word of God is gonna have on you outwardly. The whole body, notice it. Verse 24, 25, 26, and 27, all about the body and what's gonna happen in the body. Verse 24, put away crooked or devious or perverted speech. The heart controls the tongue, by the way. And so Jesus Christ speaks of this in Luke chapter six, verse 45. It's gonna speak of this. He says, the good person out of the good treasure in his heart produces good. The evil person out of the, his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks or his mouth. Out of the abundance of heart, something happens, right? Jesus is gonna speak of that. Our words are gonna be spoken, can be spoken in love or they can be spoken to curse other people. Paul says in Ephesians 4.15, he says, rather speaking the truth in love We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Our words are to be seasoned with salt. Colossians 4 verse 6, Paul is going to say this, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. From the heart flow the springs or the issues of life how what is inside is going to come outside. There's going to be an impact upon our life. Put away from you crooked speech, put a devious talk talk from you. See the intentionality of it? Verse 25, let your eyes look directly forward. There's this idea of the eyes. So now we have the heart of the words. Now we have the eyes. The eyes are the window of the heart. And you better ensure that your eyes are kept and fixed on Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're gonna drift. Just ask Adam and Eve. Because when, when Eve permitted her eyes to wander, where did it lead her? Away from God and towards herself. Where did Adam's eyes go? Away from God and towards himself. And Genesis 3 takes place. And sin comes into the world. And we are the way we are today because of the brokenness of two individuals. In other words, God has one in mind for you to pursue. It is him. Follow the simplicity of aim. The simplicity of aim. You see, the Christian life isn't complicated, so to speak. God says, focus your eyes on me. Follow the simplicity of aim and your eyes will be on Jesus Christ and you'll run towards him and you'll follow him. Not just with our words, but with our eyes do we follow him. Because life tends to be complicated, doesn't it? But don't allow yourselves to be swept into pursuing things that are unfruitful in your life. Don't get lost in the crowd. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Solomon says in verse 27, 26, ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Not just the words, not just the eyes, but Solomon says to his son, watch your feet. Watch where you're walking. Watch where you are. Watch what you're doing. Literally, it means there, make straight or level the path of your feet. Pay attention to the path that you're on. Where are you walking? Not just physically, but what groups are you associating with? What individuals are you associating with? What's changing and shaping the affection of your heart? They will, they will impact where your feet go. You set up with a goal in mind, but along the way, you're pulled in all of these different directions. God says, guard your feet. Look where your heart is. It means to pay attention to the path in which you are on. Turn your foot away from evil. Turn your feet away from things that you're swerving away from God and get them back towards him. Listen, what God wants you in your life, to, what wants for your life, he says, don't swerve to the right or to the left. Turn away your foot away from evil. What God wants in your life in 2024 is for you to focus on him, to have these keys to a spiritual life. God's given you and I everything to grow. He's given us everything to grow in vitality. But here's what he gives you. He gives you his Holy Spirit. He gives you his word, but he also gives you a church in your life. What God wants you to do is to yield to his word, yield to the gospel of Jesus Christ, be baptized, follow through with believer's baptism, then join a church, be a part of a church, commit yourself to that particular fellowship. And what God does is he brings these things into your life in order to shape you, in order to keep you on the pathway that he wants you to be on. So guard your heart inwardly, guard your heart outwardly. There are two verses in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two that are so important for us to remember and get this morning. The writer of Hebrews says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. He's gonna go on and say this, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, the writer of Hebrews gives you and I a great picture of what the Christian life is. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses in 2024. There are people that have gone on before you. There are people that are sitting around you. There are people that have, you have yet to meet who are followers of Jesus Christ who are gonna speak into your life this year. Surround yourself with those people and keep your eyes on Jesus as you are running this race that God has called you to. Here's a great exercise to do. Go home today, get a piece of paper out, get a journal out, get whatever you need to get out, and just write down over the last 12 months, over the last maybe couple decades, if you are, if you will, if you've been a Christian that long, of the people that have shaped your life spiritually. And remind yourself of how they have shaped your life spiritually. Maybe it was a praying mom or a praying dad or a praying grandparent or a really close friend who helped you find Jesus last year or the year before. Or maybe it was a Bible study teacher here at our church. Or maybe it was a Christian teacher at school. Or maybe it was a family member who prays and write those names down and then thank God for them. And then from that moment on, get alone with God Commit yourself to paying attention to what his word says this year. 
keep his word consistently in view. Because how you treat the word of God is going to shape your life this coming year. Be intentional about it. This morning in the lobby today, there's a little Bible reading plan. This is one simple way you can be intentional this year. A little simple Bible reading plan. It's 260 of the fundamental passages of the Bible. It's not the entire Bible this year, but 260 fundamental passages. It's broken down by day, five days a week, not seven. It's a two or three chapters of the Bible a day. Just get your Bible out, get alone with God, read a couple chapters a day. Turn the music off, turn the TV off, get alone with God. If you gotta get into a closet, get into a closet on the floor away from the kids and get alone with God and just read and allow his word to shape your heart this year. There's a little memory verse at the end of each week. Try being intentional at getting his word into your heart this coming year. Those are in the lobby today and you can get on that path. And listen, if you're already behind on that, that's okay, you can get caught up. It's simple. Just start wherever you need to start and start reading. That's the point, is to be intentional about it, okay? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. This morning, as I mentioned a moment ago, there is a very simple invitation for us today. The invitation is to be intentional. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, to be intentional about following him by way of reading his word this year and getting his word into your life and being intentional about that. You know, what God says to you, his plan for you to grow spiritually is to first and foremost give your life to him. You can't grow spiritually if you're not really following him. And so if Jesus Christ is not your Savior and your Lord, well, listen, I want to just share with you the good news this morning on the front end of this year. You know, the Bible says that God is perfect and he is holy in every way, meaning that there is no sin in, in him. Sin cannot be in the presence of a holy God. At the same time, the Bible says that we, men and women, humanity, is broken. We are broken and cut off from God. But God does not want that. The problem in our life is that we, no matter how good we are, we can never achieve what God wants us to achieve, Him. So is there is no promise of heaven to those who are cut off from God. This is the best your life will ever be. But that's not the good news of Jesus. Because what God the Father did is he sent his son into the world to pay the penalty for your sins. You don't have to get rid of your sin. Jesus does it for you. On the cross, he died, he suffered, he was buried, he rose from the dead, defeating the two enemies of your life. And the two enemies of your life is sin and death. He's defeated that. And he offers you not only an eternal life, but an abundant life today, this year, right here, right now. And if you'll just admit that you're a sinner, if you'll agree with God that he is the only way, the truth, and the life, and you turn from your sin and you follow him and you allow Jesus to be your savior and your Lord, you can be saved. That's the promise of the good news of Jesus. I'm gonna give you a chance to come forward and give your life to him this morning. If you give your life to Jesus Christ and maybe you have given your life to Jesus Christ, what God says next for you is believer's baptism you follow through with believer's baptism. 
That's his will for you. Then it is to be a part of a local church, not just attend, but to join it. There is this expectation of Jesus Christ, but there is this assumption of the New Testament that we're all committed followers of Jesus who are committed to one another in church membership. And so if you've been attending this church and this is your church and you, you, you say, this, this is my church, I, I don't, I'm not going anywhere else, then God's will for you is not just to continue to attend, but it is to join. It is to join. And then you get involved in a small group and you grow and then you learn to serve, and then you learn to live on mission. That is God's will for you and me this year, 2024. We live on mission locally. We live on mission globally. It's as simple as that. That's God's invitation to all of us this morning. So we have several things that God has laid before us. If God is speaking to you about one of those, we're going to sing, and we're going to worship, and you have the courage to come this morning. I'll be here at the front. There's others that will be, pray, will be willing to pray for you as you start the new year. You have the courage to come and uh, God will, will speak into your life and he will work in your life. Let me pray for us very quickly and then we'll come. Father, thank you for your goodness, your grace. We give you this time of worship as we start the new year that we would be a people that are intentional about growing this coming year. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Won't you stand with us? We're going to sing great hymn of the faith and let's worship him as we respond to his word. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch's treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turned his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory
That is the gospel, and uh, it's good for us to hear that and to sing that on a regular basis. You can be seated just for a few brief moments. I want to brag on you this morning. First and foremost, uh, we met our Lottie Moon Christmas offering goal once again, so praise God for that. You see the total in your bulletin, and so give yourselves a hand. That's God met that need, and uh, we're just praising God once again that he continues to um, uh, give through us collectively uh, to reach the nations. And so thank you so much for those of you who gave uh, sacrificially and faithfully over the course of the month of December. Um, and we're going to continue to, to give to special missions offerings throughout the year, but praise God for that. Um, I just want to uh, uh, thank my son Mitchell Hathaway, but also Caleb Sharp last Sunday was playing on this stage. The reason I say that, and I'm pointing them out, he has no idea I'm going to say this. It's good to invest in the next generation, amen? And these are college students that came through our church in their home, and uh, some of them are, they're still in college. Mitchell's a, a, a student at Liberty, and Caleb's, of course, in Gallon Corpus Christi, and uh, it's good to invest in the next generation to see them worshiping and serving and leading in the church. And I can assure you they're serving in their churches at uh, where they are as well, and we stay, try to stay as best we can connected with our students um, who are in college right now to, to, to make sure that they're staying on the right path. So continue to pray for our college students that have come through our church that are in, in college now, that they would be the next generation of worshipers wherever God leads them in whatever capacity. So thank you all for serving over the last couple weeks. He heads back to college soon. Caleb's going to be headed back to college soon as well. And we've got others that have, uh, have been here visiting with us over the break. Um, great Christmas season. Thank you all so much for all that you did. Um, as you can see, we've got our decorations up. They'll be coming down this next week. And uh, thanks so much to so many many who participated in the Christmas season in whatever form or, form or fashion capacity. It was a great season of celebrations and parties and all of those kinds of things, and I'm excited to start a new year. Um, we've got some great things ahead of us, and we'll um, be sharing those in the coming days and coming weeks, and so I'm looking forward to that. Be praying for Central. Pray for our, our, our uh, congregation as we continue to move forward together into a new year and what God has for us, not just for us, but for this community and for the world as we, um, as we are to be the church. Pray for each other. We got a lot of sickness. We got a lot of health needs and issues going on in our congregation right now, from cancer diagnosis all the way down to the flu and COVID and everything in between. So just pray for each other. Encourage each other. If you know someone's sick, if you know someone hurting, make a phone call to them and just give them a word of encouragement. Write them a letter 
and encourage them, okay? And, but most importantly, be praying for each, each and every person around you, okay, as we uh, move forward together. Next Wednesday night, or this coming Wednesday night, we start our Wednesday night ministries back up again on all of our age group ministries. Um, there are some ladies' classes, men, and, and there's some other classes that are coming up in the, in the pipeline down the road. But, uh, but this Wednesday night, we'll start back our age group ministry on uh, all of our ministries on Wednesday night, okay, at 6 o'clock. And then finally, um, let's, uh, let's end our service by giving uh, our tithes and our offerings this morning. So let's be faithful to give our tithes to the Lord and to his work here locally. Um, and what we do continues to impact um, the nations of the world. Um, but also any offerings over and above that. And let's be faithful to give to those, all right? Let's have a word of prayer by standing. And we're going to commit these offerings into God's hands. And then we'll, uh, we'll dismiss. God, thank you this morning for the service, the start of a new year, the time to pray, sing, hear your word, respond to it. And Lord, as we start this new year, that you would find us intentional and find us, Lord, a people that are focused on pleasing you in every way. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you. Thank you.